So, I got my first big girl job through Instagram. Like, how sick and crazy is that? Like, Instagram really be out here changing lives. And, like, we just gonna let it? Are we just going to let it? Heck, yeah, we are. Like, what, what else are we gonna do? What else are we going to do? Look, I have been using Instagram. I started using Instagram really, really hard in 2019. The year that all of my friends were graduating. And I really started being very strategic with my posting and seeking out individuals who were doing the same thing as I was wanting to do. It was my senior year, but it ended up not being the last year I spent at Oglethorpe. And so it was just a lot going on. But if you want to find out, you guys already know how I got my internship off of Instagram. But if you want to find out how I got my first big girl job, like big girl healthcare consulting job through social media, you just tune in because baby, it's a story. Okay, it's a story. Okay, so let's start off with Instagram. So Instagram, you know, the cool social media platform. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone has one. Everyone's doing it. So, 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 so great. I would post very irregularly on Instagram. You know, when something happens, a cool pic that I took with my friends. You know, I mean, I was in college, so I was living my best life. And I was also suffering, like suffering under the regime of my chemistry degree. Um, it, it was a 2 out of 10. I don't recommend it. Um, I studied the most I've ever studied in my life. I probably cried more than I will ever cry. And I wanted to give up every day. And that's just not the way to feel. But that's a different story for a different day um, about what major you should choose when going to college. Um, that's a whole different can of worms. Anyways... I really started posting on Instagram with thought behind my post in 2019 around like February. I did five years at Oglethorpe, but 2019 would have been my fourth year. It would have been all the time. It would have been the time that, you know, everyone was graduating and everything. And I was just really like, you know what? I ended up, this was after I had seen some great YouTubers. Um, Brittany from the Brittany way, um, precious from, oh, precious. What is, what is the name? Is it white coat? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I forgot the name precious. Oh my God. Do not kill me. Do not kill me. Um, she's going to kill me, isn't it? Um, Anyway, Precious has White Coat Chronicles. I was like, what is it? It's White Coat Chronicles. So I had been watching White Coat Chronicles and The Britney Way all throughout, like, since my sophomore year of college, since the summer of my sophomore year, because I was just so bogged down. I was so confused. I had no motivation. I was just like, I'm not smart enough. You know, will I ever get this? Am I ever going to stay for them? Is this ever going to happen for me? And so it was really, really nice seeing a traditional student, um, Precious from White Crow Chronicles and seeing the Brittany Way, um, who was a non-traditional student, 
reach their goals of getting into medical school, getting into residency, becoming full-fledged practicing physicians. And so I watched them and they were two black females, which was really important for me because I'm a black female. And I just needed to see someone who looked like me doing the things that I was trying to do. So when I watch them on Instagram, you know, in their little description links or bios or whatever, they would have their Instagram. And so I start going to their Instagram, liking their posts, commenting, you know, just thanking them, tagging them on stories like, oh my God, thank you. And I realized I was like, oh wow, you know, they're really out here doing stuff. Like I watched them get in bed become ambassadors for fix scrubs like they were just really so glorious and at the time I was also trying to help my mentor um Dr. Lauren Powell you know really beef up her social media so I was taking cues from them on what they were doing and I realized that there was a community of medical students of pre-medical students of physicians and I was like I just wanted to be a part of the community so I really started tailoring what I posted on my Instagram to go towards pre-medical students, pre-dental students, pre-health students, students interested in MPHs, doctors, medical students, like everyone. I started tailoring all of my, all of my posts. Some of my posts would be long and just be like, oh my God, you know, this is a trick that I found, or this is some advice that I have for if you're going through this, you know, just motivational things so that we could all stick together. And I really cultivated a community for myself. During this time period, I was very set on going to medical school, like straight into medical school. But I ended up not. I was like, you know, I after I took my MCAT, bombed it. Like, y'all, when I get to heaven and Jesus look at me and he be like, girl, what happened? I'm going to be like, I don't know, God, because I thought you had me. But I failed myself. <laughs> like, my MCAT score was dismal. It was terrible. It was like a 490. Um, it was just not giving what I needed to give. And at the time I was like, I don't have any money. You know, I don't have any money to go and buy a prep course. I don't even have any money, you know, to go and do anything like this. And I really had to think about, I was like, am I going to go home and study for six months and take it again and try to get into medical school? Or like, what am I going to do? And I was like, I really want to work. You know, I thought about what my interests were. I thought about what I wanted to do. And I decided that, you know, I was like, I know that I want to go to medical school. I know that I want to become a physician. But if I don't become a physician or if I don't get accepted directly into medical school, you know, what do I want to do? Um, And so I started thinking about the other career options. I could have went to go get a master's in chemistry, but I hated bench work. Like I hated being in a lab all day giving it was giving seclusion is what it was giving it was giving I'm going to be bored it was giving I'm going to pour acid in my eyes because why am I still staring at this chemical reaction taking place and why do I have to sit and watch this drip for 30 minutes like it that's what it was giving okay it was giving (laughs) a slow slow death so I was just like I don't want to do bench work in biology or chemistry because the work that I like to do really involves people but not like people like I want to be all in your business like psychology all in your mind like when I'm all in your business it's just because I'm nosy it's just because I'm nosy like I I mean I will help you but like I'm just nosy (laughs) but I really wanted to work with people and work at making people healthy and I realized that all the things that I was doing that I was really having fun doing 
were all of those things were public health related. My mentor was going into communities, you know, before the pandemic when we could actively go into communities without masks and shots and vaccine, like, you know, before, before stuff popped off, (laughs) we were going into communities and really helping people, you know, learn about nutrition and learn about health things and taking health into their own hands. And as a person who grew up with a chronic disease since the age of 13, I find it very, very important to have, to be an advocate for your health, particularly as a black individual or an individual of color. You don't even have to be black, but just as as a minority, I feel like it's very important for you to advocate for your health because a lot of times healthcare providers tend to overlook certain things that shouldn't be overlooked. And it's not in any fault to them. It's not that they're trying to be intentionally biased, intentionally racist, sexist, whatever, but it's just that there's some things that you get because you're a minority. So there's some things that black people get that other people just don't get. It's some things that white people get that other people just don't get. Like if you, you know, so like if you're not black, you're not going to get this. And I think that that's what happens a lot of times. And they don't learn those nuances in medicine. They don't learn those nuances in residency. You know, they learn those nuances through life and trial and error. But what you're not about to do is trial and error with my life. (laughs) And so I always try to give healthcare advice to other individuals so that they can be advocates of their health. You know your body better than anyone else. Never forget that. Period. Anyway, that was a long way to say that I realized all of the activities that I was doing with my internship, the activities that I took on at school, you know, because I wanted to, and the activities I did in my free time and volunteering was all around public health. And so I did not know anything about a public health degree, about a master's in public health. But one of the other mentees from Dr. Powell was going to go get an MPH. And she had started. And so I asked her a little bit about it. And, you know, she told me about it. She told, you know, I saw her go through the process and everything. And then I, you know, I started looking. I started doing what I do best. YouTube, Instagram, okay? Like, so I started looking for YouTube videos because a lot of times, like, at the time, Instagram did not have the Reels feature. So Reels wasn't a thing where you could, like, watch cute little short videos. And people weren't really putting, like, whole YouTube videos on Instagram. So I I like to see people doing things in action. I like them to be talking to me, and I like to see it. Like, And I like to learn by doing. But you can't just walk into an MPH program and be like, I'm going to stay here for this class. That's not how any of that works. So I had to learn, like... What's the process to apply? What's the process to do everything? So I went to YouTube and I went online to Google and I went to, you know, my friends and the people who I knew were doing MPH programs. So when I went on YouTube, (laughs) I found a person called Moments in Med and she was glorious. We were literally the same exact person um she was getting her mph at columbia the mailman school of public health if i'm butchering that name i am so sorry it is not on purpose look i took speech for a long time and it really seems like it hasn't paid off anyway i'm sorry something was going on behind me it's my washer it was acting up anyway (laughs) she had this entire like just thing of 
her, she was living in New York. She was pursuing an MPH and she was also pre-med. And I was like, this is the exact person that I aspire to be when I grow up. This is exactly what I'm trying to do. And so I immediately started following her, like watching every video, every video that I could get my hands on. I was like watching it and looking at it and was like, oh my gosh, like I need to understand what's going on. So because of her, I learned more about an MPH program and you know, what that encompassed. I learned about, you know, what I could expect. And then I started, you know, learning a little bit about the application process. And, you know, she was just a breath of fresh air, honestly, a breath of fresh air. And I started following her on Instagram. I was, you know, and I just slid into the DMs in true Maya fashion. I slid into the DMs and I told her, you know, like I was so thankful for her content. I was very grateful what I was trying to do with my life and how she was helping. And I was just like, I hope that we can continue to like connect with each other on this journey. And so we did. So like we really connected in like 28, 2019, was it 28? I don't know when I started, whatever. Um, but yeah, we, thing is we connected. Mm. And, you know, I was just keeping her abreast of my MPH journey, like where I'm applying, what I'm doing. I did not apply to Columbia. Um, to be honest, I don't know. I just didn't. I just didn't. Emory was my reach school. And that was the only school I felt like, oh, I might get in. I might not, which is crazy because I got in. <laughs> and I was just like, wow. Oh, wow. I'm really in here. Like I'm in here like swimwear. Like it's crazy. Um, but looking back, like I loved Emory. It was a wonderful choice for me. I don't think I would have been happier anywhere else, but I'm surprised that I did not apply to Columbia because they also have a great public health program. And I originally applied in epidemiology. And I think part of that was because I felt like it would give me a good background for medical school and becoming a physician and working in clinical research and things of that nature. And while that's all fine and dandy, like I really had more of an affliction, not affliction. That is not the right word. I really had more, more of my natural talents and interests were just aligned with health policy and management. And so that is why I decided to undertake a health, the HPM program. I was not full disclosure and full transparency. I was accepted into epidemiology at like three schools. I got accepted to epidemiology at UAB, got accepted to epidemiology at Rutgers. I got accepted to epidemiology at Tulane. Um, Actually, no, I did not get accepted to epidemiology at Tulane, but I did get accepted to their health policy program. And then I got accepted. I did not get into UGA, which was crazy. I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean I did not get in? <laughs> what do you mean you did not accept me? But it's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it was fine because I, I don't understand how graduate school acceptances work. I don't understand how any acceptances work. I'm like, I got accepted by one of the top five schools in the country, yet you, number 20, number 30, did not accept me. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, I got accepted to um, Emory in their HPM department because you had to rank the different departments. And honestly, it was the best decision ever. And I think I just grew during the past two years and learning that I... I have wanted to be a doctor ever since I was three years old, but I can't like make all my decisions based on that. Like I have to do what works for me in this moment. And in this moment, what worked for me was an HPM, HPM degree. And it has done wonders. Like I've made friends that I will have for the rest of my life. We will have stories that we will share for the rest of our lives. Like things that we have just all experienced, like girl, 
boy, like I cannot believe this. But I'm in a wonderful, wonderful department. And it honestly gave me, you know, I was really happy when I joined it. And I really, I did make the decision, made sure that I did not want to do epidemiology. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to be miserable like I was in my chemistry degree. This is looking real mathy, real sciencey. I know how to do math. I know how to do science. I have a whole degree in chemistry. Like, let me learn. I'm like, the whole reason I went into public health was so that I could work with people, so that I could care about people, so that I could empower people. And the way that you do that is health policy and management. You need to be at the tables where decisions are happening and laws are being made. So health policy management, here I come. So I chose my HPM thing, me and, you know, we're, me and the girl from Moments and Meds, we're going back and forth. We're going back and forth. Um, she has her Instagram, so I will say her name, Taylor. I'm only saying her name because she has an Instagram and it's attached to her YouTube. So you can see like everything that I can see. It's not private or anything like that, but we were just going back and forth. Um, you know, communicating with each other, encouraging each other. She knew when I took my MCAT. I knew when she took her MCAT. You know, we were just checking in with one another. And then, and then, guys. <laughs> and then I saw that she had posted a video about healthcare consulting. So, funny thing is, when I came to Rollins School of Public Health at Emory University, um, I didn't really know about fellowships and I were and I wasn't really interested in them. What I really wanted to do was become a healthcare consultant. And so I immediately started looking at opportunities for healthcare consulting. Like I remember the first day everyone was talking about what they wanted to do. And I was like, I want to be a healthcare, you know, consultant. I just like that. I, I love the different projects. I love the different companies that you could work with. And then I just thought that it was a lot of team building. I don't have anything against healthcare fellowships. And to be honest, I'm not, that's not, not my specialty. I'm not very aware. And, you know, we will get someone here to talk about a healthcare fellowship with you guys. But healthcare consulting to me, I was like, this is where it's at. Okay. The money's right. The time is right. Like, I don't mind working hard. I love working hard. And you know what? Work hard, play hard. That's what I live my life by. That is how I got through my chemistry major. That is how I get through life. Work hard, play hard. And consultants work hard, but they also play hard. So I saw it was the summer of after my first year of graduate school. I saw that she posted a video talking about her first week at her healthcare consulting job. And I was like, hmm. Y'all, when I tell you I watched that video so quick, I watched it so quick. I feel like I watched it faster than the video actually was. The video was like almost 30 minutes. I feel like I watched the video in 15. Like, I, I was just like glued. I was like, oh my God, I need to know. I need to know what happened. I need to know what you did. Like, so, you know, I read the comments box or, you know, not the comments box, but the video description box. Because a lot of times you can get like, what can you get? <laughs> A lot of the time in the video description, you can get a lot more information than you would normally get with a, um, you know, like in the video or like some extra information. So I was like, is it a company? Like, you know, trying to find out some extra information. So she was like, leave things down below, <laughs> you know, other videos that you all want to see. So I commented under the YouTube video and I was like, hey girl, you know, like I want to learn how you got this opportunity. How can you be looking out for these opportunities? You know, like what can you do to put yourself, you know, in a position to become a healthcare consultant? Because at the time, like I was only knowing what Emory had going on and we had, we're just coming out of the pandemic where classes were online. I say coming out of the pandemic, like we're out of it, but we were just coming out of like, 
ground zero. <laughs> like classes were still online, you know, we didn't really have a lot of networking events going on. Like we were all just trying to make it to the next day safely. So, you know, I was just like, what's going on with, you know, healthcare consulting. So she slid in my DMs and was like, hey girl. She told me what company she was working for. She told me what the company did. I went and looked the company up. I was like, oh, I'm definitely interested. This is right up my alley. I didn't even know something like this existed. And she was like, okay. (laughs) So she gave me her number, like her cellular phone. Okay. So I went from stalker on YouTube to stalker on Instagram to back to stalking on YouTube. You know, we kind of become Instagram, YouTube friends. And then, you know, she's like, okay, let me give you a number. I was like, okay, cool. So at the time I was working at Hope Lodge with the American Cancer Society as a coordinator. And, um, you know, she was just helping me find out about the company. She was like, you know, right now, um, she was like, I think we're hiring for an associate's position. I was like, oh, well, I don't get out of school until, you know, until next summer. And she was like, oh, okay, I'll definitely keep you in mind if we're hiring. I was like, okay, cool. Then she hit me back like less than a month later and was like, actually, we have an internship position and it kind of acts as a feeder tool into our, you know, associate role as a consultant. And I was like, um, yeah, put me on. So let me tell you how real of a person this is. Like, let me let you know. She helped me get my... She, she just helped me with the entire process. She told me what to expect with the case study. You know, she helped me format my resume in a way that she felt like they would like it and in their thing. And that's when I found out, I was like, I see why in consulting, it becomes such a network and referral base because people have different ways that they do stuff. It doesn't mean that the way that you do it is wrong. It just means that, you know, people have their, what they like. And I'm like, and she made sure that I was fitting into what they like, not by changing me, but just by changing up my style. She helped me with resume. Y'all, I did not know what tabs were or like the indents on the right where everyone got the letters to stop at one point of the page. Like I had no idea what that was. No idea whatsoever. She looked at my resume like three, four, five times. She helped me bring out some things in my resume that would stand out based off of the, you know, the work that I did, because I really just had the work that I did in the organizational stuff I did in college, really in school, all I had done was work for American Cancer Society, went in my grad program and then worked as a clinical researcher. So she really helped me pull out, you know, different things that I did during that time period to go along with this organization. And the healthcare consulting firm that I'm working at is a very niche Um, healthcare consulting firm, really focusing on patient advocacy and engagement. And that was just right up my alley. Like, I absolutely loved it. So I ended up, you know, they ended up fulfilling the fall internship, which worked out great for me because I did not have any time to give whatsoever. I had like no time. I had no time with, I was taking eight classes and it was really because I wanted to have a lot of my time free to do other things. So I decided to take global health, environmental health, and BCs, which is like, you know, and I was like, this is, it, it was so I would have the, the latter half of my year free when I'm graduating, but it was also so that if I wanted to take some classes that interested me, I would have the framework to do that. 
And so that's what I did, y'all. That is what I did. So it worked out really well. And they were like, we would like, you know, to come back to you and talk to you about the spring internship position because we've already fulfilled our fall intern. I said, okay, cool. So, you know, I was doing my due, living my best life, you know, whatever, whatever. And I had basically, I had basically had, you know, like my interview with the, with the person, you know, with the CEO, had my interview with the coordinator of the internship program, had my interview with the CEO of the company and, um, did my case study, got good feedback on that and was like, okay, cool. So. I, and I think it was like around November or like maybe it was like the end of October, but I remember sitting in my car and I was freaking out because I was like, I haven't heard back from this company. Like I was telling my mom, I was like, you know, I'm getting, like, I'm getting a little worried. I haven't heard back. And then it's also this extra pressure, particularly in HPM because a lot of my friends went the fellowship route. So all of them had jobs, like all of them hoes had jobs. Like, I mean, I can call them hoes because they're my friends. You can't, but all them, all them hoes had jobs. Like they really had whole jobs out here. Signed on. I had one friend who was in healthcare consulting who did an internship over the summer that signed on full time. And I was just like, bro, where is my, where is my, where, where is my job? And so, you know, I was just still trying to be patient, whatever, shake it off. And this company offered me you know, the spring internship position. They were like, you know, congratulations. We want to offer it to you. Are you still available for the spring? I was like, oh my God, yes. Taylor was immediately the first person I texted after I called my mom and got off the phone with her. I was super, super duper excited. And, you know, I did my work in the internship. Um, I had my performance review like two weeks ago. And, you know, um, they had already had the results of my performance review. No one had just taken me through the results two weeks ago. But I got a job offer extended to me about a month ago. And, you know, we were in talks with salary and in talks with everything. And, you know, I mean, Taylor was just so helpful and instrumental through everything. You know, I would ask her certain things about the job. I'd be like, girl, how you do this? What, what is this? You know, ask her to help me with certain things. And then on top of that, like, I had a great supervisor who helped me as well and it's just y'all it is a great fit it is a wonderful fit and I got my first job through Instagram I signed the papers last um the week before last to become an official employee of them so now I am working as a part-time associate and I will be full-time come May 23rd three weeks after graduation and I am just so excited I am just, I am super, super duper excited. Right now, I work about, I work full, I work half time. I work half time right now, um, which I'm very okay with. (laughs) I work half time right now, and I'm totally okay with that. So, yeah, but I think that I'm going to take a little maybe extended vacation at some point because I literally go from like part-time one week and then I'm full-time the next week, like in there, like swimwear, 9 (laughs) a.m. Monday morning. Um, And I usually don't even work Mondays. So I think once, you know, classes end and things, I might try to switch around my schedule depending upon what everyone's doing um, to be available some days. And then before I start full-time, I'm going to ask my boyfriend if he like wants to take a little 
getaway trip or like extended weekend to Chattanooga or, you know, just somewhere within driving distance, like to the, to the Chateau Alon or something like that. But yeah, I got my first job through Instagram and I really just got it through connecting and maintaining that connection. And that is why networking is so important. But what's also important is just being a good person and being a good friend in general, because we can all win. Like Taylor did not lose her job just because she gave me one. She is still working at the same company. We both love what we do. We both love, you know, and the team that we have is amazing. And she was willing to take time out of her day, out of her day in her life to help prepare me And so it's like, I just want to pay that. I just want to pay that forward. And I really feel like as an individual, especially if you're trying to get into a business or a field that can be very like male heavy or, and you're a female, or if it's very female heavy and you're male, you know, if you're trying to get in a business where you're the minority, I think that you do have to do some very unorthodox things in the ways of connecting. And I feel like some of the best ways to connect is through Instagram. People literally live their life through Instagram. People literally live their life through YouTube. They're willing to share whatever. And I think it's just very, very helpful when you, you're just a very, very helpful person. When you, when you don't mind sharing whatever. And so that didn't make no sense. But what I'm trying to say is Instagram is worth doing. Be careful what you post on there. When I want to do ratchet things with my friends, which I do, I make sure to post on my close friends. But I also want to cultivate a space and an environment where people are coming to my page to get motivation. People are coming to my page to, you know feel comfortable about asking me like, Hey girl, you know, where do you work? What do you do? And I mean, I don't want to be, I don't want to tell people to just like start messaging people like, Hey, where do you work? What do you do? Let me get a job. Like, no, that's not what that is. This was, I did not get this job until 2022. This was three years of cultivating and creating a relationship and maintaining that, you know? And so some of the things I do is like, I'm on LinkedIn at times. And so I maintain and cultivate a relationship on LinkedIn. You know, so I feel like Instagram is better for me. I'm on it every day. And really, I need to be on LinkedIn every day because now I'm a professional. <laughs> but it's just like you have to go out and get what you want. You have to manifest what you want. But you also have to put in the work. And the way that I put in the work is maintaining relationships. Humans are relationship-oriented people. Everyone wants someone that they can talk to, that they can lean on. And even as much as I want to share my story, I definitely make sure to hear other people's story and listen. Because that is where I have learned the most information. It's just by listening to what other people have done. And so I definitely recommend that if you're wanting to get into healthcare consulting, if you know whatever you're wanting to get into, you know, reach out to people on YouTube, reach out to people on Instagram, you know, don't, and don't just do it unauthentically, like really see if they're a person that you would even want to connect with in the first place. Like I follow a lot of healthcare consultants, but some of them I don't want to connect with. I followed a lot of pre-med students, but some of them I don't want to connect with. Like, why do I need your connection? You seem stuck up and such a gunner, you know, in terms of like, You've got to be the best. What you say, like, uh, uh-uh, I don't, I don't need that negativity. I do not need that stress. Like, I want to cultivate someone with a happy-go-lucky relationship. I mean, a happy-go-lucky personality who wants to see everyone win. Because at the end of the day, that's what I want. I want to see everyone win. Like, what are we losing for? It's not a competition between me and you. It's a competition with myself. I'm trying to wake up and be better than I was yesterday. I'm not competing with you. <laughs> 
Like, I don't even, I don't even know what race you're running. So how can I compete with you? The only race that I know that I'm running is the race that I have with myself. And so I recommend that if you're on Instagram, you know, start being a little bit more, you know, think twice before you post certain things online. You know, I don't have any videos of me twerking, mainly because I can't, but if I could, I would still not have videos online of me twerking. You know, even with bathing suits, they're very like classy, you know, slim suits. It's not like trashy, thong piece, but like it's it's not anything too crazy, you know? So I just think that, yeah, I think that's just where I'm at right now. <laughs> I was like, I just think that, yeah, actually that's it. That's it. That's it. You know, use your use your Instagram as your platform to cultivate a space that you want. I don't follow people who bring me, you know, bad feelings and shame and disgust and guilt who make me feel anxious. Like, no, I cultivate a space that I want because when I go on Instagram and scroll, I need to see cleaning and organizational videos. I need to see, you know, people out here winning and just stunning on us. I need to see black girls living in luxury, not black girls living in pain. Okay. And so those are the people that I follow. I follow people who do and who are what I want to do and what I aspire to be in life, period. So I think the first step is really cultivating an Instagram, you know, so that when people look at your Instagram, because they're going to look like she probably did snoop me out and be like, who is this girl? Why is she coming? Why is she following me? Oh, okay. She cool. You know what I'm saying? So people are going to look. So I would say my personal... (laughs) is that cultivate a space that you want and cultivate an Instagram platform that you can be proud of. And then search for people to, to, I was about to say to commune with, and I really don't know if that's a word, but search for people to connect with because that will be your community. You know, when you're liking their posts, when you're commenting, their stuff is going to show up on your feed first. You know, um, I think Instagram went back to a time model, but you have to like manually change it. Um, if not, they just go with whose stuff you you know, connect with more. So I'm not really sure, but I know that, you know, I would have my post notifications on because it's like, I want to see when this person posts something. I would subscribe on YouTube because I want to be notified when there's a new video up. And so that's what I do. I would like get up and I'd be like, okay, this is what they're doing. All right, cool. Let me watch this video. Let me read this post that they made let me engage with this content and you know then after time you know you can reach out to them and be like hey thank you so much for your content like just make sure everything's genuine people can tell when people aren't being genuine most people can and so to me it's like you should go the extra mile to make sure that everything is genuine and so that is my advice that is truly my advice and that is how I got my job from Instagram like I followed the person, I made a connection, I sustained that connection, maintained that connection, watered that connection, and it grew into an internship, which grew into a job. And I don't want to be mistaken for saying like, just write things down and manifest in your life and connect with people and that's, and you know, and you can have this too. No, don't be mistaken. I put in work. Okay. I put in work. I made, first off, I've worked harder than I have ever have at a job, not only because I feel like I know more and I'm able to work harder, but also just the mere fact of my friend 
put me up for the internship. She referred me. So her name is on the line. And this is a small company. Like, even if it wasn't small, like, her name would still be on the line with somebody. Someone would know that she brought me or introduced me into the company. So I was like, you know what? She put me up for this intern. I'm going to make sure that I do her one good. That I make sure they know, like, oh, her name is, you know, da-da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I... I just wanted to make sure that I held up my end of the bargain by doing what needed to be done. And I did. So, yeah, I just feel like that was that was an amazing feat, an amazing thing that I did. Um, but I put in work. I did not only just write it down that I was going to get a job. I did not only write it down that I was going to get the internship. I did not write it down that I was going to grow as a person professionally and personally. No, like I did the work to do what was necessary. And that is how I manifested the life that I wanted. Because I don't like when people just be like, all you got to do is just believe. Like faith without works is dead. Like you can believe you can believe you're going to lose weight all you want to. But if you do not change your eating habits or change your exercise habits, baby, how you losing the weight, though? And that's what I keep asking myself every day. Like, Maya, how are you losing the weight, though? Like, if you're not going to do nothing, you know, so, I mean, in some easier, in some areas of your life, it's easier to implement, (laughs) implement the work ethic than in others. But overall, I put in the work and I found a company that loved, well, you know, Taylor found the company that loved her and she referred me to them and I ended up loving them as well. They ended up loving me back and we were able to come to a very, very good agreement. Um, so this is really just a story time and just advice on how to use your Instagram because people only use it, you know, for snapshots in your life, but it's like, Instagram can create those snapshots in your life by if you use, you know, that platform to connect with others. So I think that's really, really important. Well, guys, I just want to thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to my story time. Hopefully you're able to now start utilizing your Instagram and elevate it for what you need to use it for. Wishing you all the best of success in your academic and professional endeavors. And I'm super excited because I will be having my first full-fledged week as a part-time associate. And in about two months, I will then be a full-time associate once I have graduated, which will be at the beginning of May. So I'm very, very excited. Thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions or need any tips or advice about specifically how to go into Instagram, how to create these authentic and genuine relationships, just let me know. I'm pretty sure you are all lovely and genuine people, but sometimes stuff can come off a little gimmicky or a little cheesy. You might need an extra set of eyes, and I'm totally, totally cool with that. So... That was really all I had for today. Thank you. Thank you again for tuning in. Hope that you all can use Instagram. And also, the next video, I think, video. Y'all, I'm really acting like I'm recording myself. I'm not. The next podcast that I think we'll talk about is salary negotiations. I think it's very, very important. I do not think there's enough information out there. And there was one book that really, really changed really got me the salary that I felt like I wouldn't have felt comfortable getting myself. And it's called Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. And 
taking reading that book as well as taking negotiation in um, case management class at Rollins School of Public Health at Emory really, really helped me to negotiate the salary that I wanted. And even still, I felt like I was a little bit you know, hesitant. I could have pushed for more, but I didn't. But overall, I'm very happy with my salary. And I just know that moving into healthcare, even as a physician, you know, you always need to negotiate. A lot of times, like a business is a business. And a lot of times they're not giving you the best deal. But we will get into that into the next episode. So far, thank you for tuning in to find out how I got my job in healthcare consulting. And if you want to hear you know, salary negotiations, then tune in next week so you can find out. All right. Bye, guys.